You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, March 26, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. It's going to be all about Ohio State's linebackers on today's show. We got a chance to interview linebacker coach Al Washington, as well as linebackers Taraja Mitchell and Dallas Gant yesterday. Let's start out with Dallas Gant. He seems locked into a starting middle linebacker job to me, Jay Book, but um, he will miss spring with a foot injury. He didn't want to get into specifics with the foot, how he injured it, exactly what it was, but he'll be out for the spring. He's you know indicated he'll be fine for the fall. Your thoughts on Dallas Gant? Yeah, it's unfortunate that he's going to miss the spring. I, I thought that he was you know really going to need these reps as as a potential starting Mike linebacker. Uh, but the way things sound, when you listen to Al Washington, they're extremely high on, on Dallas. Al even said that he's one of the leaders in the linebacker room. So that's some very encouraging to hear, especially if a guy's going to be the leader of your middle of your defense. You want him to be the leader in your linebacker room. Uh, I'm excited for him. Hopefully he can get that foot back healthy. He, he's definitely going to need to get up to speed once the fall starts. But like you said, all indications are he's going to be one of the starters once the pads strap on come the fall. And Taraja Mitchell is definitely going to be a starter as well. I found it very interesting. We got to speak to two linebackers, and it was Dallas Gant and Taraja Mitchell. That tells me those two guys are locked in as starters. And Taraja Mitchell's healthy. He's waited his turn. Uh, Dallas Gant's waited his turn. Some of these other guys that are battling for jobs like Kayvon Pope, we didn't get a chance to talk, did not get a chance to talk to, are also – They've waited their turn, but Taraja Mitchell's a guy, man. I'm, we've been talking about him, it seems like, for five years, even though this is only his, coming up on his fourth year in the program. Um, I keep saying every year uh, it's going to be his breakout year. This year, I'm serious, it's going to be his breakout year. He seems another guy, man. It looks like he's got a starting job locked down, and he's healthy, so I'm really excited about Taraja Mitchell, J-Book. Yeah, I'm excited as well. He's a very upbeat, positive kid, always uh, on social media, encouraging people to do the right thing and, and keeping their heads up. Um, with him, as you mentioned, he, he's he been in a program for quite a bit of time, doesn't have a, a ton of uh, actual game reps, so it's going to be critical for him in that starting role this spring to really harness his skills and develop his game. I think this year, um, you know, with the, the, the set of linebackers that they have, you're going to see more of the bullet positions, so they're going to be pulling one of those guys off the field. Hopefully that doesn't discourage some of the other guys who who were banking on seeing the field a lot more this year because with last year when you had the linebackers that you had, when you have four upperclassmen, the, the coaching staff said that, you know, they kind of shied away from the bullet because that meant you had to pull one of those guys off the field. Now that they are gone, headed to the NFL, you're, you're going to see that bullet position 
with a Craig Young potentially filling into that role. And they have a, a whole list of other guys that they like in that position. But overall, when you look at that linebacker position, I feel really good about them. Listening to Al talk about the linebacker position, you you can't help but admire Al. He's he's so well-spoken, such a, uh, a, a great coach, and Ohio State's fortunate to have him in that role as a leader. And I truly believe he'll have that unit ready to go. It's just going to be a matter of getting them experience on the field because they've been in the program for quite a bit of time now. Amen on Al. They are fortunate that uh, they have him and that he stuck around. We'll get into Tennessee's flirtation with him in a moment and his reaction to that when he was asked about that. First time he spoke publicly about that situation was yesterday when we got a chance to meet with him. Before we get to that, and you touched on this, so I think your answer is probably Craig Young. So let's assume that Dallas Gant and Taraja Mitchell are two of the three starters. Do you think Craig Young is that third starter at, at the bullet? Do you think it might be Kayvon Pope? Who's going to be that third starter for the Buckeyes at the linebacker position? Yeah, I don't know if Kayvon Pope is fast enough to play that bullet position because they they move those guys around. A lot of times with that bullet position, you could be asked to – the drop back in coverage. I think Craig Young kind of fits that mold because he he's more of the hybrid. You know, they've really packed on the on the pounds with him. He can play closer to the line of scrimmage. They've moved him back. I think Court Williams is another guy once healthy and he he's finally cleared. He's going to be another guy coming back off that ACL that they really love for that for that bullet position. Um, and and it, it's going to be it's going to be fun to finally see that position back into the actual defense because if a lot of people remember Brendan White was a heck of a uh, a player when playing that bullet position Rose Bowl MVP and things kind of went south with him and he ended up transferring to Rutgers and had a pretty solid year but Ohio State has a history uh, of really excelling at that position and I think Craig Young he's one of those freakish athletes and I remember vaguely he was a sub 1100 meter guy in high school and he was a big guy then, and now that he's in the Coach Mick program, he's really put on the pounds. What, from what I've been told, he's maintained his foot speed. So for him, it's just developing that that role and showing his freakish athletic ability, and Ohio State will have to find a way to really put him in the right spot to excel. So where does this leave Kayvon Pope? You're right. I mean, he's he's a, a bigger dude at uh, – not that he's a huge linebacker, but he's not a hybrid linebacker by any means at, at six foot one, 230 pounds, 235 pounds. Um, he was a guy they seemed pretty high on his first couple years last year. Uh, I don't know if he was in the doghouse or what happened. It just seemed like uh, it just wasn't there with him. He's another fourth-year guy. He was in that same class with Dallas Gant, Taraja Mitchell, as you know. What do you think is up with Kayvon Pope? Where do you see him fitting in this year? Yeah, I think when they when they go to their base set, you know, 4-3, I think he would be the first linebacker flanking uh, Dallas Gent there whenever they go into the bullet position. It, I, I would not be surprised if he is pulled off the field, but with Ohio State, they have a knack for rotating their linebackers. Now, you, I, I do believe that uh, Pope is a better cover linebacker than what you're going to get out of Taraja Mitchell. So, you can see on the third down and loans, if they're going to have Dallas Gantt stay on the field and they view him as a three down linebacker, I could see a situation where Pope could come in for Mitchell in those type of situations. There's not, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Kayvon Pope to play. 
I know a lot of people uh, have been kind of hinting that he may be a little frustrated after some of the things that he may have released on social media because he hasn't seen the field quite as much as he would hope. But right now, he has to stay patient. He has to stay focused. And if he can do that, he has to trust Al Washington that they will find a spot for him to play. There's there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Kayvon Pope to see the football field. He may not be the, the down-in, down-out starter that he would want to be, but make no mistake, he will play the most football that he's played in his entire career at Ohio State as long as he can stay focused, keep his head down, and continue to work hard. All right, as promised, let's get into Al Washington and Tennessee, the flirtation last month. It was really Tennessee flirting with him and more than flirting, offering him, you know, reportedly offering him $1.5 million per season to be their defensive coordinator. He turned them down, turned down hundreds of thousands of dollars. I still don't think he's making a million dollars at Ohio State. I think he's south of a million dollars per year. There's probably a promise in place that he'll eventually be making seven digits at Ohio State, have a bigger role. But right now, he's still linebacker's coach, um, you know, still making a very good living. Uh, you know, making close to a million dollars is nothing to scoff at. But, man, they kept trying to make him offers he couldn't refuse. What I found interesting yesterday when he was talking to us, he was – and he echoed the same comments that Ryan Day had last week, that he was mad that it became public. Not mad that he was fuming mad. He was frustrated. He was disappointed is a better way of putting it, that it became public. I think in this day and age, J-Book, I don't know how it, it wouldn't become public. Um, but then furthermore, he, he said just a lot of gushing things about Ohio State, why he stayed. The people at Ohio State now, how this is home for him. His dad played here. He grew up here. His mom and dad can come over and see his his son and everything, and uh, they're 20 minutes away, not not uh, 12 hours away. Uh, what did you make of all that, though? I just keep, I keep finding it interesting that they, were, that they are a little upset that it became public because – in this day and age, man, that stuff is just inevitable. It's going to become public. Yeah, I I understand where they're coming from, but as you as you mentioned, it's the day, it's the the name of the game here. And I think, and we talked about this before, uh, that Tennessee was the one that was leaking it out at the time. This was a, a Tennessee program that was scrambling. You know, they they had uh, NCAA ask, accusations of cheating by paying players with McDonald's bags and they, they brought in the, the UCF coach and a lot of their fan base was getting extremely restless because they were asking like, who's going to be the defensive coordinator, who's going to be filling out these positions on the coaching staff. And in order to throw their fan base a bone, I truly believe that Tennessee leaked that out to kind of gauge the interest, which, you know, it was, it was very positive. If, if people would have ventured over to the Tennessee 24-7 board at the time. They were very excited about it. Uh, and it, and it came a, a very big back and forth uh, negotiation between Al and Ohio State and Tennessee. And I truly believe Al was very interested in that job. They were, like you mentioned, they were paying him big money, giving him his first opportunity to be a defensive coordinator in the SEC. I know Tennessee hasn't been what they once were, but that's still a pretty big job, especially for a guy being a defensive coordinator with his first crack at bat. But at, at the end of the day, as Al said, it's the people at Ohio State that really tugged at his heart. His family being 20 minutes away, being a, his, his parents being able to see their grandkids and his grandkids being able to have a relationship with his parents, it meant more to him than money. 
Um, and, and I think Tennessee, by leaking that out, probably hurt themselves when it comes to lending out. If I really, I really would be curious if that never got out and it was negotiations behind closed door, if Al would have made that move. Um, we never know, but I, I'm thankful that he's decided to stay here at Ohio State. He's made it clear, especially in that interview that you posted on, on the Buckner site, he has the aspirations to be a defensive coordinator and eventually a head coach. And in his eyes, Ohio State being the, the linebacker coach and developing his coaching career at Ohio State will lead to those jobs down the road. He believes that the doors will be open for him down the road. And if you're out of Washington and you already see that right now, your open worth on the open market is $1.5 million from Tennessee. If you continue to do well at Ohio State and Kerry Combs eventually decides that he may want to retire. Ohio State elevates you to a co-defensive coordinator. Who knows how high Al can go? He can probably find a much better job than Tennessee if his career continues to point upwards. No doubt about it. I mean, that would have been a great opportunity for him. The money, he would have been a defensive coordinator, even if it you know didn't work out as far as Tennessee winning, which it probably wouldn't have. Um, I don't think it would have hurt his career. You know, no one would have blamed him for Tennessee. But um, as he says, staying at Ohio State, he, he will eventually you know achieve all the goals he wants to achieve as far as being a de defensive coordinator, being a head coach one day, whatever he wants to do. Uh, last thing, uh, we talked about a lot of specific linebackers. I want to ask you about four guys we have not talked about yet, starting out with Mitchell Melton and Cody Simon. Those are two guys entering their second year in the program. They were true freshmen last year. Al Washington, as you know, yesterday referred to them as young studs. So that's pretty good. Mitchell Melton and Cody Simon there. So I want you to talk about them. And then also Reed Carrico, your fellow river rat. Am I allowed to say that? Your fellow yes, river sir. rat. Yes. <laughs> um, you're the first one that I, I remember talking. You were, you were talking about him like three years ago. Um, Reed Carrico, the true freshman. And also Tommy Eichenberg, a guy that, you know, I'm guilty of it too. We don't talk about him that much. He's entering his third year in the program. So talk a little bit about Mitchell Melton, Cody Simon, Reed Carrico, and Tommy Eichenberg to close the show, Jay Book. Yeah, a lot of, you know, you don't hear much about Mitchell Belton and, and Simon. This spring, this is what it's all about for those guys because they missed the, the spring before and they didn't play much during the season. But right now, it's their time to shine. This is their opportunity to really solidify themselves in that 2D, that next rotation of guys. And if you listen to Al, he's extremely high on them. Mitchell Belton, he's a, he's a kid coming out of high school that was has something ridiculous like 20 sacks or 20 plus sacks as a senior so he knows how to get after the quarterback um, but at, at Ohio State there's a certain standard for the linebacker position the silver bullets has always throughout its history been led by the linebacker play and Al has told these guys that in order to be able to play here and play at a high level you need to be able to uh, hold the standard, hold the line that has been set by the guys in the past, including his father, who was a former linebacker. Uh, so I look for those two young guys. It's going how if they're going to be in the two deep, it's going to be determined how they play this spring. They're going to get their opportunity, as Ryan Day has said. They're going to simulate as many live game reps as possible because a lot of those guys didn't get to the game experience of playing time that they wanted to or they hope because of 
missed games because of COVID and Ohio State being in closer games that maybe those younger guys would have played in in the past. And then Tommy Eichenberg, he's a guy you don't hear about him very much. I know Ohio State has uh, featured him in a couple of their social media posts showing his leadership of getting the guys hyped up in the locker room. Uh, it's to be determined where he plays at. I think he 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 would be someone that's going to be battling to get into that second unit, but he's a hard worker. As Al said, he's a guy that comes to work uh, being heard and felt are one of the things that he needs to work on as far as leadership with the program. And sounds like he's working towards that. And you talk about the, the freshman and Reed Carrico, they call him Rambo in Ironton. A lot of people think that he's probably uh, similar to Big Cat when it comes to just a monster Mike linebacker. But a lot of people will look at Reed and think that he's just your true Mike. But a lot of people don't know he's also a track guy. He was a he was a track guy down at Ironton, was a sprinter, played running back in high school. He was a heck of a running back. Uh, I think he's going to be behind the eight ball. I look for him more so to be uh, cutting his teeth on special teams early on. But they love him. I, uh, I talked to Bobby Carpenter about him, and Bobby went over there and checked him out. And Bobby's been really big on him. And he said he's a dude, Carrico. He's a he's a true typical Mike linebacker that will play a lot of football at Ohio State. And uh, he just thinks that once he gets stronger and he really learns the game, that he you'll start hearing his name a lot more. But right now, it's more or less. Let's get your feet wet on special teams and see what you can do. But as far as potential, this, the sky is the limit for him. He is a, a heck of an athlete, uh, a true student of the game. He comes from a very solid Ironton football program that really puts a big emphasis on fundamentals. Um, they're extremely well coached. And, uh, uh, but I think the linebacker group from top to bottom is very talented, very young. Uh, Al's going to have his hands uh, full this year, getting those guys ready. And before we get off of here, I, I like your question that you snuck in there to him, which he said he was waiting for when you asked him, <laughs> you know, if, if who who would be the, you know, the, the debt, what would be the debt chart today if he had to make the call? So I, I, I appreciate you asking him that. And like you said, I had to ask, you know, it's my job to ask that question. That was a good little back and forth. Yeah, you can see why he's such a great recruiter. Um, that he's got such a great personality. That was that was a lot of fun there. Yeah, I encourage people who haven't seen the, our story and video go over to Bucknuts and check it out. Al Washington, great coach and uh, a great man. We're fortunate to have him at Ohio State. We're fortunate to have Jonah Booker on the Bucknuts Morning Five. Thank you very much, Jay Book. If you like. Buckeye linebackers, you sure came to the right place today, Bucknutters. This was a lot of fun talking Buckeye linebackers with Jay Book. Thank you very much to Jay Book, and thank you all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. I appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best in band and land. Mm-hmm.